Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna in the highest. Are you having a good time tonight? Are you enjoying worship? We're going to do another form of worship. We're going to go into the word. Oh, amen. <laughs> amen. Uh, what we want to do is, before we go into the word, which is going to be brought by uh, uh, Pastor Will, Pastor Will Brown, um, there's an anointing on pastor's life that uh, very quickly connected uh, to, the, to the spirit of this house. And uh, from the very first time that we met, what I could sense was there was a genuine, real spirit for unity, for, for kingdom. Um, to see a youth on fire, to see a youth that's alive, to see a youth that can transform its own community. I believe that a lot of times we look um, elsewhere for what we have in our own uh, place, in our own city. And uh, this, this man of God has uh, not only uh, blessed my life, um, but he's blessing this city. And I believe that there's a, a word of God um, that God, God has given him uh, to ignite us um, and to take us uh, to a level that we need to go in preparation uh, for outpour the retreat. Amen. So why don't we just uh, put our hands together for Pastor Will Brown. Come on, can we just bless the Lord together? Come on, can we clap our hands? As we clap in our hands, can we open our mouth? I never did this before, so y'all have a little patience with me. It's like me talking twice. <laughs> First of all, I want to thank God for being here. I want to thank God for my leaders, Bishop and Pastor Alexis Johnson. I want to thank God for my... Oh, I'm sorry. See, I told y'all. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Uh, Y'all have patience with us tonight. So, I want to also thank the great pastor of this house. Come on, can we put our hands together for Apostle? Um, We thank God for all of the leaders, all of the youth leaders. We thank God for our minister, um, Pri over here, who is just a blessing to our lives and all, and Jonathan and everyone here and Alex, and I'm not going to call no more names. I'm sorry. I'm just leaving you. I'm so sorry. Y'all forgive me tonight. But tonight, I just want it to be about an encounter. You know what? I'll go. I want it to really to be about a night of of worship and and connection, Um, a night that you all go beyond the norm. Go beyond the norm. We go to church and sometimes we create traditions. And these traditions have no more power, but we continue to do them. We continue to do them because it's what we're used to. But God is calling for something fresh and something new. It's calling for a new worship. It's calling for a new presentation, a new presence, a new way to go after him and a desire and a pursuit. Because we may not obtain perfection, but the pursuit is what God wants us to do. Because they will continuously mess up. Can we be honest tonight? One thing I said to my church the other day was, what would it be like if the church would come in and be honest? What would the church be like 
if we really told the truth and not the edited version of what we want everyone to see, but the unedited version, the messy version, the stuff that we don't want to tell nobody that we give to God so he'll be able to heal us and that we may be able to show the world who God really is, but not coming and pretending who we're not. We're pretending and we're teaching a generation not to pursue the real power of God because we're giving them us. Amen. Amen. So um, I'm, I'm a type of person. I'm, I'm not coming in here to give you fluff and give you a whole bunch of stuff like that. I'm going to give you the truth. Um, I like to echo the voice of God and I like to take my seat. But tonight I want us to chase after him like we've never chased after him before. The younger generation may not understand everything. But they'll remember your worship. They'll remember your prayer. They'll remember your praise. My mother, when I was growing up, I lost my mother four years ago. And um, when I lost her, well, I didn't lose her. You know what I mean? She passed away. And when she passed away, all I saw her whole life was she was praying. So my natural response after she passed was to pray. Because I only understood that because of what I've seen. What are we showing this generation? What are we showing them to do? Do we teach them to pretend? Or are we teaching them the real power and presence of God? And that's what tonight is all about. Tonight, I don't want you all to act like you all are in a library. Because in libraries, we be quiet. In libraries, we sit like we ain't got no life. But I want you all to get into the flow and the presence of God. And allow him to move inside of you so that we may go to another level in him. Another level, another experience in him. So I'm going to be quick before you. Uh, there's a quote. I always start off when I'm, I'm, I'm sharing the word with a quote. There's a quote. I don't know who it's by, but he says, to remember who you are. You need to forget what they told you to be. To remember who you are, you need to forget who they told you to be. Tonight I want to talk about, uh, I'm coming from the chapter of Genesis, Genesis, the 35th chapter. And I'm reading 16th through the 18th verse. And I won't be before you long. And if I say that, the more I say that, the more I believe it. And I'll really be sitting down not too long. Y'all are real corny in here tonight. I'm just going to let y'all know that. And the, the spirit told me y'all are, y'all are corny. <laughs> the spirit told me. What we have to do is this, and I'm going to read the scripture. Our churches are just doing business as usual. And I told my church this. I said, living in the city of Newark and the things and the activities that I do in Newark, I can't do church as usual. Not when you stand at the bedside of a, a, a mother that's crying because a 21-year-old son just got killed. Or when you're in a situation where a 19-year-old girl is strung out on drugs and she's homeless and staying in abandoned buildings with a boyfriend and all of this stuff that you go through and you sit and you talk to gang members and they got been shot multiple times and all they know is the hood and all they know is hustling and all they know is the hardship of life. And they never touch and, and, and seen the love of anyone because they're so hard, they have a hard exterior. So when I go to church, I can't be regular. I can't do the regular thing. I can't 
stand up, wave your hands, sit down, do this, turn over, smack your neighbor, all that. I can't do it. The reason why I can't do it is because I've seen too much. I've seen too much heartbreak. I've seen too much hurt in the generation that's crying out for a God that we take advantage of. A God that sometimes he'll heal us, he'll take care of us, he'll do this, he'll do that. And we'll come back to church and say, well, what is he going to do now? And our praise is really, really, it's, it's, it's just enough so that the people will leave me alone. So, okay, let, they said clap my hands. Let me clap my hands. They said lift my hands. Okay, I'm going to lift them. But God has been greater than you just lifting a hand. God has been so much better than you just clapping your hands. God wants our life. He wants our life in a different way. And we have to present something and, and have a fire inside of us. That we've never had before. But I'm going to read the scripture. I'm going to go through my notes and then I'm going to take my seat. But Genesis 35, 16 through 18 verse says this. It says, then they journeyed from Bethel uh, when they were still some distance from Ephrath. Y'all forgive me for some of these words. Rachel went into labor and she had hard labor. It must have been hard because it kept talking about in, in another version it's it. it mentions it that it was hard both times it says and when her labor was at its hardest the midwife said to her do not fear for you have another son and as your soul and as her soul was departing for she was dying she called him Benoni but uh, 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 this means Benoni means uh, son of my pain or son of my sorrow but his father called him Benjamin this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Tonight, my message or my topic is who named you? Look at somebody and say, who named you? Come on, I need y'all to talk a little louder. Who named you? Now, I've heard conversation when people would talk about how they got their names. And some of the names today are like remixes of names back in the day. And they combine names together. I was looking at the four. I don't know if y'all watched the four. But it was a guy on the four who had... Three names put together. It was Jesus, Raymond, and Melissa, or something like that. And they call him J. Ron Me or something like that. J. Ronnell, that's what his name was. It was something like that. I know it was a combined name. And I looked at that and I look at the process of naming people. And I look in the scripture and it said that they were journeying and she was in labor and she was hurting so bad. One thing I thank God is. I'm not a woman because Lord knows I couldn't. I would quit. I would quit. I'm like, OK, time out. I can't do this. But in the scripture, it said that she was going through hard labor and she had a midwife there that, that encouraged her and said, do not fear. Then it went into the next piece that said she was dying in the midst of it. And in the midst of her dying, she called her son Benoni. She named her son out of her pain. Now, if you understand the story of Rachel and Jacob, and I'm, I, I want to be as simple as possible. The story of, of, of Jacob and Rachel was Jacob worked a long time to get her because her, her, her father Laban said that you can have my daughter, but you have to work for me for seven years. That's a long time to work for a woman. I'm going to keep it right there. We, we, we're going to have some PG pauses. 
But that's a long time to work for a woman. But then for the father to say, no, you can have my daughter Leah. Now, Leah, the Bible didn't say that she was unattractive, but he didn't want her. He wanted Rachel. So he said, in order to get Rachel, you got to work another seven years. So he worked for 14 years to get Rachel. Rachel must have been nice. She had to be nice. That's a long time to work for a woman. I'm going to keep saying that. It's a long time. He preferred her. And she wanted Jacob, but her sister got him first, Sister Leah. And in the midst of that, Leah had children. She had babies on, ba- on top of babies on top of babies. She was very fruitful, but Rachel couldn't have children. So in those times, it was like, why am I existing if I can't have children? Because that's the point of us coming together to produce be careful in this season of your life that you connect with people that you don't produce with. Anytime we connect, there should be something that produces out of our connection. But we were people who don't bear no fruit with us. And we have fruitless relationships. Whether they be romantic or maybe your, your friend or whatever the case is, you got to be careful who you have in your life in this season because they may not be able to produce. But in, in, in the scriptures, it says, and I'm giving y'all the, 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 you know, just paraphrasing right now, that Rachel prayed because she really wanted a child. She wanted a child to give to her husband that worked for her for this long period of time. So in the midst of this, uh, um, after Rachel prayed, uh, it, it says in the scripture that God had begun to open her womb. And as God had be in, began to open her womb, she got pregnant. She got to a point that they were on this trip and they were on this trip. And as they were going on the trip, she began to go into labor. And, the, and it talks about how she experienced this unbearable pain. And she found herself in a hard place where the pain she experienced caused her to feel as if she wouldn't deliver. So sometimes we will pay more attention to the pain of our present than the promise of our future. It's a lot of pain right here. So it's like, nah, God, I'm not going to make it. Nah, what you said, I, I, I can't really grab hold to that because I'm dealing with this. So how can I get this or that when this is so painful? I could never see myself in a, um, in a happy relationship because I'm dealing with this. I could never see myself being um, um, productive or, or, or having financially stable or, or because I seen my mother went through it. My father went through it. My family went through it. Nobody graduated from college. Nobody made nothing good of themselves. So I don't have any, uh, uh, any kind of example of that. And now I'm dealing with the pain. And now you're telling me that my present is fruitful. So how can my present be fruitful with all of the pain that I'm dealing with now? So she wasn't able to, um, or or she thought she wouldn't deliver because of her pain. She allowed her pain to curse her promise. And God promised her a child. Sometimes the stuff we pray for, one day we'll curse it. God, God, I need this job. Oh, God, please give me the job. Give me the job, God. If, I give me, if you give me this job, I'll praise you. 
I'll do this. I'll pay my tithes. I'll be at church the first, first, be the first one at church. Then we get the job and we leave the church. And then we lose the job and then we get mad. So what we have done is that we have allowed the thing that God promised us. We've allowed ourselves to curse it. So I'm moving real, real fast. She named her son Benoni. Benoni means son of my sorrow or son of my pain. But Jacob immediately responded and named him Benjamin, which means son of my right hand or son of my promise. Um, You got to understand, Jacob understood the value of a name because he went through a time of a name change. But some of us didn't have a Jacob in our life. Some of us didn't have someone else to come in in, in the place to rename us because a name connected with our identities and everything that you do with the name. And I don't want to go through that tonight, but everything that comes with the name is nurtured with something. So if, 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 if you have a young man, that, you know, we in Newark, so I'm going to call him Raheem. So you got little Raheem and, and, and all these attributes that you put with Raheem. Oh, Raheem, a bad boy. Uh, Raheem always getting in trouble. Raheem always in the principal's office, right? So every time you call his name, he's going to be like, what I do? Because it's connected to his name. And the enemy has tried to name you something that God had to stand in the gap for to rename you because that's not you. Okay, y'all, y'all, y'all understand where I'm going with this? In the scripture, we got to understand that there was power in the name. Even the Babylonians understood this concept by changing the name of the three Hebrew boys. Now, we automatically in our churches call them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But that was the uh, Babylonian names that were given to them. Their original names were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Uh, 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 um, and I'm going to give you the, na- the meaning of these names. Uh, Hananiah meant Yahweh is gracious, but they changed his name to Shadrach, which means the command of Aku, which is a Babylonian moon god. Mishael meant who is like Yahweh, but Meshach meant servant of the Chaldean god. And Azariah meant Yahweh has helped, but Abednego meant uh, the servant of Nabu, which was another Babylonian god. So we got to watch. This is to know that they changed their name because they can alter their purpose. The enemy wants to change your name so that your purpose will not be fulfilled. God is saying that what you go through is actually your training. It's not your trouble. But we cry over stuff that we go through in our relationships, in our schooling, in, in our homes, and even in our minds. We deal with so much that we never share with anyone. God never created us to be in isolation. He created us for community. And because in this world where we have the greatest time of communication, we have the greatest time of a lack of communication. Because we'll text before we talk to one another. You could be in the other room and I say. And somebody be like, hey, did you talk to such and such? Oh, yeah, I just talked to them yesterday. But we never talked. We sent messages on social media. We sent messages on text messages. Why? Because the enemy understands the power of communication. He understands the power of communication. So we don't communicate. 
So we remain in isolation, and that's why the suicide rate in the U.S. for millennials is at its highest peak that it's ever been. It's becoming a global issue because of suicide, because we have isolated ourselves, because we have no one to be uh, um, connected to. Complete your circle. Tell somebody, complete your circle. Come on, say it louder, y'all. I like that. Who is that? I like that. We have to complete our circle. We have to have people. We have to have accountability partners. We got to have somebody know that we crazy, but they still know we got purpose. I, I need to say that one more time. You got to have somebody in your life that know you crazy, but know that you still have purpose. So that you'll be able to share with one another and talk with one another. And when you don't feel like praying, they know how to pray for you. When you don't feel like going to God, they know how to go to God for you. And that's why we have to have the right people in our life. Then we have to have someone who mentors us. It is so important for us to find a mentor. It is so important for someone to know more than you. I pray for people who feel they know everything. You talk to them, oh yeah, I know that. If you knew that, you should have did it. You got to get out of the place where you know everything and begin to listen to someone to speak into your life. Young people, I'm going to tell you this. I see people your age every day on drugs and gangs doing all kinds of stuff. Um, and I don't want to sound like an after school special because um, we, we I don't want to do that because it's like, you know, you could have been anywhere else tonight. You know, we always make a joke out of this. But you here tonight. You could have been out there at the party. You could have been out. Yeah, yeah, you could have been, and I could have been too. But we got to get into a place where we fall in love with him. Yes. It may not be cool to you now, but it'll save your life. It may not make sense now, but it will save your life. Because the enemy wants to steal your youth. He wants to steal your strength. The Bible says that he called the old because they know the way, but he calls the young because they're strong. He wants to steal your strength so that when you get older, you have nothing else left. So all your young years, you'll run for him. You'll do for him. You'll, you'll, you'll use all your abilities for him. And then we turn around when we get a certain age and say, I want to live for the Lord. But we threw all our young years away. All of the opportunities where you were strong at, that we could have taken advantage of. I really pray for families today because I don't care how great of a relationship a young person will have with God. If their family or their home is not enforcing it, it becomes a challenge for them and it makes them choose sides. So I love opportunities like this when you have mothers and daughters in the room fathers and sons in the room why because if you don't make the home an example then when they get here this won't mean as much as it really is so we said come on let's worship god everyone and they'd be like we don't worship at home come on let's praise god come on we're gonna praise god you see a mother over there and they everybody jumping around and on but when we go home they hear another story they see something else. And now you have a generation that's torn 
because now we have a put together religion or faith. Okay, I like this, but I don't like that. And we make God into a buffet. We only get the part that we like. So we look for the stuff. Oh, I don't like that God. Suffering, please. Anybody got no time for suffering? Anybody got no time for that? You know, we, go, <laughs> we want to ball. We want to do all that stuff. We want to get money. We want, and this is a generation that's running after stuff that will never produce nothing in your life. And they are dying, and they don't care. They don't care. Death is not serious. Death is not serious. Even a spiritual death, all of this stuff means nothing. Why? Because it starts in the home. It starts in the home. If Jacob was not there to change his name, there's, there's a, a guy in the, in the scriptures by the name of Jabez. And most of the time we talk about him because we talk about the prayer of Jabez. Jabez was named out of pain too. But he had no father there to rename him. Some of us are, are victims because we didn't have the people in our lives to point us in the right direction. Psalms 127 and 4 says, As arrows are in the hands of mighty men, so are the children and the youth. That means that mighty men are good uh, 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 they're good with the arrow. They're, 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 they can hit the bullseye. They're, they're skillful in that. Meaning that children and young people need to be aimed to hit the bullseye. But if you don't have mighty men to aim them, then they'll miss the bullseye and they'll never accomplish what they were called to accomplish. And when I say young people, there are people who are in their 40s but still a 10-year-old girl that got hurt that never got over it. And they're still repeating the same cycle because they never got healing for that. Don't run. Don't, don't, don't allow an 11-day journey to become a 40-year experience. We'll spend our whole life running after something we were never meant to run after. We'll spend our whole life running after relationships that we were never meant to run after. This is also a generation that doesn't want labels. I can kiss you, but I ain't gay. I'm, 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 can, can I be real? And I'm not, because I'm going to tell you like this. Either we bash them or we make fun of them. We never speak healing into them. And that's the problem with me. We all got issues now. Church, quiet tonight, Jesus. We got some issues. God called you and your issues. Why? Because his glory can still be given out of your life to someone that sees something inside of you. Why? Because we struggle with stuff. We struggle with stuff and we know how to sing over it. We know how to dance over it. We know how to praise over it. We know how to cry over it. But we never get over it. So we have young people who struggle with stuff and feel like they'll never get it together. Because they see us and we seem perfect. But can I be honest with y'all? We just as crazy as y'all. We struggle just like y'all. We deal with issues just like y'all. There are things that 
wounded me when I was younger that I didn't realize that it still had an effect on me as I got older. And God is calling for healing in the body of Christ. God is calling for us to be renamed. Because the name that we have accepted this whole time was not the name that he gave us. Our father gave us a new name. We don't have to accept old nature. We don't have to accept what the enemy has given us or said over us. But we are sons and daughters of God. We are sons and daughters of the most high. And he loves us. In a time where love means so many different things. In a time where love is connected with abuse. In a time where love is connected with all kinds of thinking. God is saying, I want to give you the purest way or my way to love you. Because you need to be loved back into me. Even though you're messed up, I'm, I'm here to love you. Don't allow people to put stuff over you that you feel that God won't love you anymore because you did that. If we look at the scriptures, some of the craziest people in the world were some of the people that God used. David, do y'all know about David? David wanted this woman so bad. First of all, PG version, like I said. The, she on the roof washing up. If she's washing up, that means she ain't got no clothes on washing up. She ain't putting soap on her shirt. She has no clothes on. Y'all got what I'm saying? And David is looking out the window. And he's like, oh my. What's going on over there? And he sent for her. And she comes over and David was friendly with her. Let it simmer. He was friendly with her. And in the midst of her the friendliness, she got pregnant. Very friendly. So be careful who you're friendly with. Matter of fact, don't be friendly. Just walk around, look mad all the time. <laughs> but they were friendly. I'm still going to run with that. And she got pregnant and her husband was out to war. So he said, go get her husband and tell him to come to be friendly with his wife. And he like, I'm not coming back to pleasure with my wife. I'm fighting in a battle. Then David said, okay, this is what I want you to do. Put him in the front line so that he can be killed first and that they don't know nothing about it and she gonna have her baby and they gonna think it's his. David did all of that. Prophet Nathan came, all of those things came out, whatever. David, we know he's a, a, a man after God's own heart, but he went through all of that stuff, but God still loved him. God still forgave him and God still used him. So don't think that nothing you have done will ever discount you from being used by God. We have to get to a point and understand that he really loves us. And you know who struggled with love like that? Me. I didn't think people could love me beyond some stuff. So I didn't understand how to really love. I didn't really understand how to love. I didn't understand how to even receive love. Because I felt, I felt like I was unlovable sometimes. 
I thought I did some things that people could not love me past that. So I kept my relationships like this. So I, I allow people to get to a certain level, and then if you try to get any closer, oh, I got to go. Because I didn't want nobody to get that close. And it got to a point that even when my mom passed away, I was scared that anyone in my life that I love too much would pass. Because for three years, in January, from January 2012, January 2013, January 2014, I lost my father, my aunt, and my mother. So every January since 2012, someone was dying. And I'm like, hold up. God, what's going on? So I, every January, I'm sitting there like, well, who's next? That's a hard place to be in. And then I'm like, I can't love people too much because I love my mother so much that it almost mess, it made me depressed. Do y'all know church people can be depressed? I'm just telling y'all some stuff that y'all may not hear because I know that we are name it and claim it. Run around here seven times, you're going to get a house and run around and smack your neighbor all that stuff like that, but it don't work like that. We're still human. We still got to go through the process of healing. And a lot of us are walking around named by the stuff that we went through, but we're supposed to grow through what we go through. But we wind up staying stagnant in those places because we never deal with our wounds. So we tape up stuff and we say, oh, I'm all right. And we hurt Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored, and we're broken. Oh, you know, you know, God is just a good God, but we're depressed. And we do all of that stuff in front of people, and we get home, and we don't know how to be by ourselves. We don't know how to spend time with ourselves. And I said this scripture, and I'm almost, I'm almost done. I'm just saying my last thing, and I'm going to sit down. But um, I said, how can we love God and we don't love ourselves? The Bible says that we were made in the image and in the likeness of God. And if we were made in his image and we look like him, and we were made in his character, how can we love him when we don't feel that way about us? So we struggle with love. And I'm, uh, Y'all understand what I'm saying? How many have ever, and be honest, have ever struggled with some of the stuff with even loving themselves? Be honest. The enemy wants to keep you there. Because if I don't love me, I won't love the one that created me. I won't love the one that made me. I'm not, I'm not going to love the one and understand how can I even, I can't love someone else properly. We don't understand healthy love. Because we've been exposed to so much perversion. I know I'm telling the truth. Y'all ain't got to say nothing in here. I'm about to go to YouTube and give me an Amen app or something like that and just let it rock. Because I know I'm telling the truth. The thing is, we're not used to being honest with ourselves. And then the thing is, we, we, we and I had, I had to check myself. I wanted to save everybody else. I know y'all, I know you know what I'm talking about. So I tried extra hard to save others while I was wounded. 
save everybody else. Get, get them together. Get them together. But I was, I was still hurting. And the thing about it is God is saying, until you get healed, everything you do, you're going to spread that hurt everywhere else. You're going to spread that pain everywhere else. So what the enemy wants to do is keep you in a hurting place. He wants to keep you in a place of doubt and hurt and pain and nobody understand me. Nobody understands how I feel. Nobody understands this pain that I'm going through. Nobody can. And he'll keep you there so that he can work on your mind. He doesn't have to kill you physically. All he has to do is keep you distracted long enough so that you will never fulfill purpose or what you were called to do. And that's what he's doing. He's distracting this generation with stuff. This is a generation that's filtered. We look, uh, we, we don't look all that good behind the filter, but we give the world the filter. So we'll take a picture and we'll, we'll swipe and see which, okay, I get the doggy ears and <laughs> Snapchat filter. <laughs> and I'll put the filter on for people. So how you doing? Oh, yeah, I'm good. And then we take the filter off when we go home because we don't know how to deal with us by ourselves. And I really want to get to the point, not to jump and shout you. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. But what would it produce if we're not healed? What would it produce if we're not stable enough? The Bible says that when you are fully converted, strengthen your brother. But how can we strengthen our brothers when we're still weak? How can we strengthen our brothers when we're still not fully converted? We have a younger generation that's looking for something authentic. They're looking for something consistent and authentic because they never get nothing consistent because everything is always changing. Even in the school system in Newark, they just made Barringer one school. And they got rid of, now, I don't know if any of y'all went to Barringer, but Dr. Honig, Honig, that's okay, maybe I don't know, I don't know. She's one of the sweetest women in the world. We were going Barringer and pray with some of the young people and we would pray with her and some of the teachers and talk to them. And they got rid of her and I'm like, well, what would happen to all of those students that looked at her like a, a mom? Because a lot of them didn't have moms at home. A lot of them were in homes. There was one young girl who told us a story and she was, um, she, um, she was a, um, you know what I mean? She was a foster child. And she would go up with her friends and she would come back. And by a certain hour, they would put a lock on the refrigerator. And they wouldn't let, you can't eat after a certain time. And she would come to school hungry because she didn't eat the night before. And they would wonder, what's wrong with her? She's in class, she's disruptive, she's showing off, she's yelling, she's cursing, she's all over the place. One thing that we have to stop doing is paying so much attention to the roots that we don't, I mean, paying so much attention to the branches that we never get to the root. Jesus, when he walked past the fig tree, for those who know, if, if you don't, Google it. <laughs> but when he was walking past the fig tree and it looked like it was alive, but it bear, it would produce no figs. Jesus cursed it from the root. The thing is, we pay attention so much to their stuff 
that we're not understanding that there's a, this is a root issue. And that's only acting out because they really want somebody to pay attention to what's going on. So, y'all, I, I know I'm not coming with all of the, the flash and jumping around and saying rap songs and look alive and all that other crazy mess, you know. I, I'm not going to come in here with some Drake quotes to get you, get you on my side. You know, he needs Jesus too. Amen. Amen. Drake needs Jesus. Huh? Come on in here. We're going to stand in the gap for him. Hallelujah. Y'all corny. But no, seriously. We have to get to a younger generation to set them on fire. Set them on fire. Falling in love with Jesus. Setting them on fire so that they will go after God like we never went. They can be 15 filled with the Holy Ghost. Speaking in tongues and praying for their friends. It's not impossible. It's not impossible for them, for us to have revival in the schools. Because the schools, you know, the schools are calling out for the church now. If you don't know, the schools are asking the church for help because they don't know what to do. What do you do when four students have been murdered in a school year? And the boys and the girls, they, their friends don't know what to do and their teachers are losing their minds. They call for the church and say, hey, can you come pray with us? Prayer is not out of the school, y'all. It's still there. So even though we've gone through obstacles in life and uh, have unknowingly in our ignorance allowed these things to name us, God has given us a new name. The word of God says that if any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creature. It says old things are what? Passed away. And behold, all things what? Become new. So there's some new things in us. We have to accept the new. We have to remind ourselves that I'm a new creature. I'm a new creature. I'm a new creature. I know what I did, but that's not who I am. I know what I'm, I messed up before, but that's not my identity. And this generation is looking for their identity. Because no one ever told them who they were. Except for the negative stuff. They're young women, and I talk to them all the time. They're young girls who are looking for identity and relationships. They're looking for identity because it brings value to them when someone speaks to them and says certain things. But they were never authorized to give you a name. They were never authorized to even speak into your life. Because God has given you a name. He was the authorized one. And he puts our parents in the life, but sometimes our parents fail us. Sometimes our parents fail us. My brother, his father, my, my mother and his father got together. And two months after that, his father died. Some crazy situation had happened. And I say all the time that sometimes some people were only used to get you here. Now, it hurts. It hurts because I'm not going to tell you it's easy. It is a journey. It's a process. It is testing. But sometimes people were only created to get you here because you are the answer to the issues in the earth. So heaven had to get you here. Heaven said uh, there's, uh, there's something, an issue that's going to happen in 2018 
and I need them to be here. So because of that, you are here tonight. And you are here tonight to hear a word that will ignite you. One thing I don't want you to do and... and oh, is water there? Oh, I'm sorry. Please forgive me, y'all. I thought y'all was catching the Holy Ghost for a second. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry, y'all. Don't want the wood on the floor. No, no, no. You keep it. That was funny. <laughs> See, it's always something that happens that's is, is exciting. That's why I got to pay attention. But the enemy in society has tried to give us old names and old labels. How many have messed up before? Okay, I'm just making sure we... <laughs> How many have messed up and allowed that to continue to ring in your mind? I say sometimes we, we forget what we should remember, but we remember what we should forget. So we'll constantly remind ourselves of how we messed up. We'll constantly remind ourselves that we're not worthy. We'll constantly remind ourselves that, oh, I don't deserve this. And we walk in our churches with low self-esteem. We walk in our churches depressed. We walk in our churches um, um, feeling um, inadequate. We walk in our church, not just in our churches, but we operate. But God has saved us, but we still struggle with it. Yeah, God, I have a relationship with you, but I'm still struggling. Yeah, God, I love you, but I look for acceptance. Yeah, God, I love you, but... I don't know. I don't. I just want them to like me. Some of the stuff that I got myself into was because I wanted acceptance from people. So because I wanted acceptance from them, I allowed myself to walk into some stuff that I was never supposed to go into. Now, we had a certain group of people, I'll be honest and I'll tell you, but I can't. I know it's a mixed crowd in here, so I'll just keep it real. I'll keep it like that. But there was some things. Some people may have tampered in drugs because they, uh, their friends smoke. Ain't nobody going to tell on this. Huh? Some people have tampered or, 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 or they got involved in relationships because they were exposed to certain things. But I believe that God has called us tonight and called me tonight to say to you, that you will be renamed and you will accept the new name that God has given you because you don't want that life anymore. Some of the stuff that I did, I really wasn't happy. I just was happy that people accepted me. I didn't want to be in a club all night. I never really like club. I'm, I'm too tall to dance. So I, I want to look crazy out there. I'm just too tall to be out there dancing so somebody can get me and put me on YouTube and I go viral or something crazy like that. Look at this tall dude dancing. But I never liked dancing. I was just there because girls was there. So I was there. I didn't drink, so I was like, give me a cranberry juice. Put it on the rocks. <laughs> I had to say it tough because it was juice, you know. 
<laughs> but what God is telling us is that we don't have to try to be accepted by others because how he made us was perfect. He made you perfect. I'm purposely not coming in here to yell and jump on chairs and all that type of stuff, even though I don't like doing that stuff anyway. I'm telling you that he made you perfect. And I know some of y'all hear me. I know you hear me. And the spirit is really telling me that you're listening. You may not respond, but I know you're listening. Because we have tampered and, 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 and got involved with some things that we don't love. And it's honestly breaking our hearts because we know we were created for more. We were created for more. There's a quote, I think Frederick Douglass says that it's easier to fix a child than to repair a broken man. I want to get into your hearts now so that you don't have to look back when you're 35 and said, I should have. You don't have to wait until you're about 40 years old to say, you know what? I should have gave my life to Christ when I was 17. 17, I was doing this. I, I, I was on fire, but I, I let my friend. No, you don't have to wait. You can get him now with your struggles because he calls us with our good and our bad. He knows us. He knows what we are capable of doing. He's seen everything. So it's not like we're coming and taking him by surprise. Everything you've done, he knows. And he still wants you. Everything you've experienced and, and, and experimented with, he said, I still love you. I still want you. I still want to embrace you and show you what love is. You don't have to find that in another person. You can find it in me and I'll teach you how to love. 